0: The mattress that you sleep on has chemicals in it to prevent the mattress from burning in a house fire. And those same chemical retardants are in the baby's pajamas. Welcome to the Health Quest Podcast, your guide to God's will for good health. Good morning, I'm Dr. Sal, and I've been a practicing surgeon for well over 30 years. And my goal for each episode is that you'll be able to have your mind transformed to God's design for your good health and affect the way that you eat and the way that you live. If you're new here, we release an episode every week. And if you enjoy the content, would you please leave us a good review It really helps our ratings and it allows us to reach more people and in turn we can help more people achieve a better health quest thank you for your support and on today's episode we're gonna be talking about detoxifying the body and this is in reference to a question that somebody asked so let's dive right into today's health quest One of the questions was, Doc, I want to lose weight. Okay, so there's a lot of other people. However, my approach to losing weight in the beginning, or even gaining weight for that matter, is to detoxify your body first. And why? Because toxins affect our metabolic processes and they can affect and disrupt our endocrine or hormonal balances. Notice... That it's not something that happened to you or something genetics, but we'll talk about that one day. But how even environmental factors will begin to affect how your body processes food. Now, somehow we as uh, the human race or man has managed to drastically change the chemistry of the environment. And to give you some ideas, we have about 85,000 man-made chemicals that were made here in the United States. And a lot of these chemicals um, are endocrine and metabolic disruptors. So they affect the way our body functions. And this throws our bodies completely out of balance, which when we say our body's in balance, we use the term uh, in the scientific community called homeostasis, which means everything is in balance and everything is working optimally. Now, what happens over time is we throw our bodies out of this balance, especially when you're overweight or you're morbidly obese, and we go into this imbalanced state and it's called allostasis. And what that means is that that becomes our new norm. And we say, well, you know, I'm supposed to feel this way. Well, I'm supposed to be this sluggish. And, you know, my weight is this way. And no matter what I eat, you know. And so we get used to this new norm and we think, okay, everything is fine. But what's happening at the cellular level is completely different. I mean, everything is chaotic. Everything is going haywire. And over time, this is what will lead to all these diseases that we have talked about in the previous podcast, uh, entailing all the neurologic disorders, the kidney disorders, the respiratory, cardiovascular, and in particular, the metabolic with all the uh, issues with type 2 diabetes. Now, just to give you some statistics, and some of these statistics are old uh, because I, I haven't gotten the most recent ones, but in the year 2000, that's 23 years ago. In the year 2000 alone, 4 billion pounds of chemicals released, were released into the ground and that threatens the soil that we grow all our fruits and vegetables in. Okay? And that these chemicals eventually reach um, and, and go deeper into the ground and reach the natural water tables of which we end up you know, consuming or drinking that water. What's more, 260 million chemicals were discharged on the surface waters of our lakes and rivers. Now, why would they throw chemicals in lakes and rivers? And being here in Michigan, where we have the Great Lakes, and we have a lot of rivers, and uh, we have, at one point, we had more licensed boats than any other state in the country, including Florida. Well, what ends up happening is, is we end up, Uh, docking these boats along these little river paths where we we could uh, harbor them and um, there's vegetation so instead of going in there and actually physically raking them we put chemicals that goes into the water that kills this vegetation and that you know we call it seaweeds but they're not seaweeds it's just natural vegetation that grows underwater well, they get caught up in the uh, propellers of the boats, and so we try to get rid of them, and we put these chemicals in there that eventually destroys them. Well, those chemicals also affect the natural uh, wildlife in that area, um, from you know the ducks and the geese to the to the fish that swim in that area. Uh, again, two billion pounds of chemical emissions were pumped into the air that we breathe. So, in the year two thousand, a total of six Billion pounds of chemical pollutants were released into the environment of which we eat, breathe, and live in in just one year. So you can imagine over the years how this stuff starts to build up and accumulate. And now, to compound the problem, we refine much of the nutritional value of our food, and we replaced it with artificial colors, flavorings, um, preservatives, conditioners, additives, and so on. So this poor diet combined with antibiotics and synthetic hormones that we give to these animals predisposes us to, an ex, uh, to experience somewhat, uh, kind of a, an internal pollution that we're doing to our bodies. So let me mention some of the chemicals that we're actually exposed to. You know, we have a lot of industries, particularly here in the Midwest. And so we are putting out a lot of industrial and combustion pollutants that are emitted from these, uh, these factories. In the farming industry, there's a lot of pesticides from uh, rodenticides to avianicides, uh, you know, to kill birds that come and eat the plants or land on the plants, um, fungicides. I mean, it, it goes on and on and on. And then a lot of the fertilizers that we use are synthetically made. We're not using the manure that we used many many years ago and we did for centuries. Um, there's a lot of endocrine disruptors. We use these chemicals just in the packaging products, whether they're plastic uh, packaging, uh, some of the boxes. Believe it or not, these boxes, they store things in. Even pizza boxes have chemicals in them um, to, to keep the pizza from uh, getting too wet or, or uh, too humid um, and also stick into the box itself. Um, And some of these can be endocrine disruptors such as your your phthalates and your PCBs. Again, these disrupt the hormonal balance and it also affects metabolic processes which allows us to utilize uh, fat as as energy. Another thing that's gonna really catch your attention is the chemical flame retardants. Now folks, the mattress that you sleep on has chemicals in it to prevent the mattress from burning in a house fire and those same chemical retardants are in the baby's pajamas now it's interesting because you think to yourself you know oh so it's going to protect me if case there's a house fire listen if there's a house fire that's going to burn that mattress down to nothing and if your child is stuck in a house fire don't expect those pajamas to keep the child from not getting burned or even Harms seriously the problem is is that in her book uh, nasha winters and the metabolic approach to cancer has shown how these chemical retardants flame retardants actually seep through the skin and actually can be identified in the urine so our bodies are being exposed to this kind of stuff and is it really necessary because it's not going to really do very much also we're talking about the uh, heavy metals Uh, such as uh, mercury, lead, arsenic, cadmium. Now, those are naturally occurring in the earth and in the soil. However, when we start to industrialize them and use these products for industrial products, Then we start to concentrate them, and then we get exposed to it. One of them is like lead, for instance, which has a tendency to sequester bone, and it's got a half-life of about 62 years. It means if you get any lead in your body, it's going to take 62 years just to reduce it down to half the level in your body. And what it does is it replaces the calcium in the bone and has a tendency to damage the DNA. So you cause a mutation in the DNA, which can later on lead to To cancers over time, it also depresses the immune system, so it makes you much more susceptible uh, to infections. Um, The food additives that we add to the foods now, state of California just came up with a new law stating that there are certain colorings that we put in our food that are now illegal to have in the foods that served or sold in California, which is good because we know that some of these uh, colors actually bind to neurologic tissue and could be causing or attributing to some of these neurologic disorders. So the greatest toxin exposure is what you put in your mouth, okay? What you eat, and we keep talking about this. Remember uh, when we were talking about the leaky gut, you know, what you put in your mouth, that's that's the greatest... Um, interaction between the external environment and our internal environment. And we always think about our skin, but our skin is really a repellent. It keeps that stuff from penetrating into our system. But when we eat something, it gets into our system. So, you know, it's it's an amazing thing because God equipped our body with a detoxification system. Now, you know, we can go back 2,000 years, and this was an interesting experience that I had when I was in Sicily four years ago. And we went to the beach, and I was swimming in the Mediterranean. And, I, you know, I was swimming, and I just kind of stopped, and I looked outside into my, my surroundings and thought, wow, 2,000 years ago. You know, the Mediterranean, still to this day, uh, there were a lot of ships that were transporting things all over Europe, to the Middle East, to North Africa. And people were throwing stuff out of their boats. But what were they throwing out? I mean, the cloth, uh, the dead bones from eating the fish, uh, food products. They'll, those are all natural products which are biodegradable, and you're throwing it back into the environment. And you say, well, they didn't have factories back then. They didn't have cars that were putting out emissions. Um, they weren't using chemicals in their farming but then why do we have this detoxification system? It's amazing. I keep talking about how God made this magnificent body of ours, okay? This temple that we're supposed to be taking care of. And the reason being is because even back then we were exposed to toxins such as mercury, lead, uh, tin, copper, Then in excess can do damage to our body. So even then, in a natural world, we were still being exposed. It's just unfortunate that now we're just overwhelmed with this stuff because of industrialization. Now, 75% of our detoxification is done in the liver, but the other 20 to 25% of the detoxification is done by way of the intestinal mucosal wall. Isn't it fascinating? We go back to the gut, And we'll talk about that, and then we'll get into the liver, because the gut really provides the initial physical barrier to xenobiotics. Now, the term xenobiotics means anything that's toxic, uh, which is exogenous, which means it comes from the environment, although really it's our skin that protects us. But whatever we eat, and that's by our choice, what we put in our mouth, uh, and is that is that it's the first thing that's going to protect us from trying to absorb these xenobiotics or these toxins. So, the the, the gastrointestinal system or the GI tract has developed a complex system to manage these toxins. Okay, first of all, um, we have the detoxification enzymes in the villi, and if you remember. From our previous podcast, these villi are like these finger projections, which help to increase the surface area of the intestines, which allows us to help absorb um, the food that we eat. And the villi in in the intestinal cells, we produce these enzymes, which help to break down some of these, uh, these toxins. Uh, The gut microflora. Here we go again to the gut microbiome, the bacteria that's in our gut. And we can have good bacteria, we can have bad bacteria. We want to have a higher percentage of good bacteria because they also produce compounds that induce the detoxification system in the liver. The third thing that we have in the intestinal system is called the antiporter Activity system and what that is, it's a pump in the intestinal cells that, when, for instance, we talked about this uh, with the gut, toxins can get absorbed into the cells and then transported into the the systemic circulatory system. Well, the intestinal cells, if they identify it as being a toxin, then it pumps it back into the lumen of the intestine so that we can expel that through our feces. Okay. So these xenobiotics, they come in, the cell identifies it and says, hey, we got to get rid of this stuff, pump it out. That's part of the anti-porter system. And uh, sometimes that could be a problem, especially if you're taking chemotherapy orally, because the chemotherapy is a toxin. And if the intestines say, hey, we, we can't absorb this stuff, we say that the cancer might be resistant to the chemotherapy when in essence, it's just our body trying to protect us from a toxin. Again, we go back to uh, dietary fiber that we get from eating vegetables. Okay, It's very important because, uh, especially for excreting these toxins, because it binds to these xenobiotics. And by binding to it, it also prevents its absorption. And so you know, we expel it that way, and that's why it's important to drink a lot of water because it helps move the intestinal system, you know, and having those couple movements a day is actually healthy for you because it's expelling a lot of the, of the toxins that we're consuming. Now, the liver has two phases in which it starts to metabolize or break down these toxins, In the first phase, it's called bioactivation, or phase one. What it does is it prepares the toxin. Understand one thing. Toxins are fat-soluble, okay? So the toxins are really stored in our fat cells, not our liver, okay? They're stored in the fat cells. And what it does is it prepares these toxins to be a fat-soluble, meaning it dissolves in fat, into a water-soluble substance. Now, when it does that... It makes the toxin much more reactive. So we've got these reactive intermediaries, but um, it, it, and so it, it, it'll eventually go into the second phase. But there's a set of enzymes that are specific for this phase, and they're called the cytochrome enzymes. And what ends up happening is, is that they, they oxidize these, um, these toxins, makes it a much more reactive uh, intermediary, or reactive species, and then it goes into phase two, which is called conjugation, and that takes that reactive intermediate and makes it more water-soluble to be excreted through the lungs, the kidneys, through the sweat glands, and also through the biliary tract, and that also uses a number of enzymes to to, uh, bring about these reactions, but both phases have to be in balance, okay, If phase one works more than phase two, or phase two is slower than phase one, or even shuts down, then we get a buildup of these reactive intermediaries or reactive toxins, okay? So some substances uh, upgrade phase one without upgrading phase two, like cigarette smoking, char broiled meat, so that's why if you're you're grilling guys, don't burn that meat, do it real slow. Always cook your food in, in low temperatures and it'll warm up and actually maintain more heat without it getting burned or charred. Medications such as anti-epileptics, uh, uh, epileptic medications like phenobarbital if taken over a prolonged period of time. It, what it does is it, it uh, increases the phase one without increasing phase two, and we get a buildup of these toxins. So what you wanna do is you wanna consume products that activate both phases. And that's those are usually called your bifunctional foods or supplements. Again, fruits and vegetables, baby, with their flavonoids, they induce both phases and they get rid of those uh, reactive intermediates. And that's why they protect us from cancers. So you're that's why eating a lot of vegetables and fruits, which contain these flavonoids, they really build up the uh, phase two. So even if phase one... Is lagging behind any of the intermediaries uh, that we're producing are getting uh, expelled much quicker um, there are things and those are called your uh, inducers your inhibitors which slows down these phases in the liver uh, are like your h2 blockers like tagament okay your antacids now we're starting to show that some antacids are actually causing cancer it may not be doing it directly but indirectly It's not allowing the liver to get rid of those toxins or metabolize them. They build up, and that's what ends up causing um, the cancers. Various antibiotics taken over a prolonged period of time can eventually shut down the liver and build up these toxins. Selective serotonin inhibitors, your antidepressants, also shuts down the liver's detoxification system. So what we need to do is we need to have a balanced or healthy detoxification or liver by eating bifunctional foods such as your fruits and vegetables, Uh, fiber, uh, very important, Uh, sulfates, which comes in the form of N-acetylcysteine, which is a vitamin you can take over the counter, methylation support, which comes from uh, your B12, vitamin B12, your folate, uh, methionine, Uh, That's uh, an amino acid that we get in the egg yolk as well as as choline, which comes from the egg yolks. everybody thinks, oh, don't eat the yolk because of the cholesterol. That's not what's going to kill you. It's the carbs that we're eating, the bad carbs. Allergic acid, which is found in your pomegranates, all your berries, your strawberries, your blueberries, your blackberries, pistachios, pecans, walnuts, green tea. Milk thistle is another uh, supplement that you can take, which helps get the liver to uh, improve or induce both phase one and phase two artichokes um your glucosinolates which comes from your broccoli sprouts uh, so those are the foods that we can eat i usually put my patients on a product called Detoxitec, which i have them order through the internet it, it's a supplement that you could do for a couple of days to detox your body you need to rest for a couple of days at home Um, because it's going to pull all the toxins out. You're going to feel miserable when you're doing it. But on day three, you feel fantastic. Uh, A lot of my cancer patients, I've had them on it for six weeks, continuously trying to pull those toxins out of the body, improve the metabolisms with the intention of improving the immune system to get that cancer under control. Uh, Excessively prolonged fasting sometimes is not a good thing, only because of the fact that you do need supplements to keep those toxins Uh, metabolized by the liver. So fasting is good. The intermittent fasting program uh, is a fantastic way to lose weight. Um, It also helps to get rid of some of the dead cells or senescent cells, uh, which also causes inflammation. But you don't go too long where now your liver starts to shut down. So thank you for watching our show today. If you enjoyed our episode, please leave us a good review. And in order for you to get some of the resources to the research that we use, what we talk about that supports a lot of the things that I'm saying, uh, visit our website or our show notes, which you can see the list of the scientific articles that we use for that. Thank you for joining us. I'm Dr. Sal. Have a wonderful day and God bless.